Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is right. Sunday, June 5th. Time is 18.13. And joining me today is Al, a.k.a. Big Daddy Prep. How you doing, Al? I'm doing fine, man. Matter of fact, I'm hot. I've been in my garden all afternoon. I've been planting. We finally got the weather good enough now we can plant, so I'm doing good. Awesome. Yeah, I've been staying in the garden, too. It's uh, I've been doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> The the outcome is good, but the work getting there, it sucks. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I enjoy it, but it, it's no fun. I just got three ticks off me, so yeah. Oh wow. It's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep. so uh guys, topic of today's show is tornado survival. All right, and we felt that this would be a good one to bring up. The reason why um, is my wife was reading through a Facebook story or some news story, something like that, and told me that down in Florida they had a little hurricane come through and it knocked out a couple power poles and people were losing their mind that they were without power. And it's someone who has lived in Florida has been through the hurricanes there. I never, I never experienced the tornadoes. It was never a thing I dealt with. Even where I grew up at, it wasn't a tornado-prone area. But it just kind of blew my mind how quickly these people lost their mind with not being comfortable, things like that. So I was like, you know what? I reached out to Al and I'm like, maybe we should do tornadoes. And Al said, yes, that's perfect. Cause I know all about tornadoes. And I'm like, all right, yeah, perfect. <laughs> I do. I do. Unfortunately I do. I, I don't wear it as a badge of honor, but I do know about tornadoes. I grew up in Florida also where tornadoes just spring up pop up out of nowhere you you don't know they're coming we have no early warning system so i moved to arkansas 25 years ago and they have tornado warnings here where they do regular monday at noon um noon type of uh well let's see monday at noon they do the little announcement they do the little siren and all that good stuff we'd have that in florida and it, it's great but i ain't gonna kid you after you've been through a few of them and you've heard those sirens and you equivocate that to a tornado, it kind of make your butt pucker. I mean, even if you know it at noon, you go, oh, it's noon on Monday. Okay, everything's fine. But when that tornado siren goes off, yeah, it's a butt pucker. I ain't gonna lie to you. But growing up around tornadoes in Florida, I didn't worry about them. We had hurricanes and hurricanes are, I always said tornadoes are a guy that blind punches you. A hurricane's like a guy that says, listen, I'm gonna come whoop you on Tuesday. And he actually shows up. So. Tornadoes, I didn't really worry about that much, but I do know a lot about it. But when I got up to Arkansas, it was Tornado Alley for years, although it has shifted to a little bit different part of the country, like kind of more west to me. Um, 
we're not as much in Tornado Alley as we are, but we definitely have a lot of them. And I got a few stats that have to do about tornadoes. Uh, not old stats, but relatively new ones. Like in 2021, um, there were uh, 1,376 tornadoes in the United States. That's a lot. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. And, and compared to um, in 2020, there was 1,075. So we're talking... 301 more than in 2020 so they're becoming more prevalent and they definitely encompass a lot more people than do hurricanes hurricanes happen to people on the coast for the most part then when they get inland they break up and yeah people on the coast have to worry about but tornadoes affect the entire country and there's kind of a there's there's a lot of statistics that you can run that are about tornadoes but the number one statistic is that and I think the main thing I can tell people about tornadoes is you have to be, folks, you can't take these anything but serious. You should always be on your greatest uh, awareness when it comes to tornadoes. Because if you're not, you're going to get swept up in something. We just recently had one here that actually was about 30 miles north of us. Now, as the tornado was going through town and tearing it up, we were 30 miles away. We never had the first drop of rain. We had no wind. We could see what was going on there from here, but we had nothing. That was 30 miles. That's not a long distance if you want to talk about skies. So it can be a very dangerous gesture. Oh, no. So speaking of that, the National Weather Service uh, says that there are about 80 deaths per year and about 1,500 injuries uh, resulting, you know, revolving around the tornadoes. Right. Right. So I think that this right. is something everybody needs to get on board with taking seriously. Um, and how, something I wanted to bring up when you talk about when you were in Florida, there was no sirens, things like that. I did want to bring up some of the signs of the tornadoes. Um, the first one I want to bring up is one that I've actually experienced before. I was traveling, traveling through Ohio um, during uh, a tornado, and I actually got to see this. So the sky will turn dark, and it'll have a green tone, like a green tint to it. All right, so that's yes. that's like one sign. I've never I've never seen that before. I was about 11 years old, and we were traveling down the highway through Ohio, and the whole sky turned almost like a baby poop green. It was oh, yeah. it was wild. Never seen anything like it. Um, the other thing is is the obvious, a funnel cloud. Although you guys got to bear in mind, they kind of blend a little bit until they I guess until they hit the ground, they they kind of blend, so the funnel clouds can be hard to see. Um, you can also have really large, dark, low-lane clouds right before or during a tornado. Um, and then another thing is uh, you can you, you obviously with a tornado are going to have high winds, but you get high winds with a lot of storms. It's when you have True. high winds that all of a sudden become calm or totally still. That's That's another thing. And then I think we've all heard it. If you hear the sound of the train, that's when you got to go hide. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late then yeah there's actually a scale that has to do with this it's the Fujita scale of, of tornadoes and a, it goes to f1 through f5 and a f, like a f0 is a 40 to 72 mile per hour wind so that's basically the weather service that's that's not a tornado f1 is like 73 to 112 mile an hour f2 is 113 to 157 mile an hour winds now we're talking about mile an hour winds here you know how heavy this could be. And F3 is 158 miles per hour to 207. And F4 is 208 
to 260 mile per hour and an F5, well, it's everything over that. So when people say, oh, we only had an F3, we didn't have an F5, you still had up to 200 mile an hour winds. Have you ever gone 200 miles an hour? I mean, it's, it's, it's considerable and it's also very, very dangerous. Not just deadly, it can be dangerous. A lot of people are injured that don't necessarily die in tornadoes and lots of property loss. But um, the number of tornadoes in 2021 and related deaths, actually May of 2021 was the worst. It was uh, 289 deaths in the United States in 21, 21 in May of 2021. So anywhere from March pretty much to August, there's a very bad situation going there. But we do have rare ones that happened in December. And December of 2021 was a very prevalent for having storms too. And they had a 202 tornadoes that they can definitely say happened with 87 deaths in the month of December of 2021. That's a lot. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. And since you brought up the uh, the scale on these, how they rate them with the F rating, something I want to I want the listeners to understand is even if it's a low F rating, that doesn't mean it should be taken any less seriously. OK, that that doesn't mean anything. If there's a tornado coming, if you're being warned about it, you need to take this seriously, even if it's a low F rating. Right. It's still no joke. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Right. It's not a play game because the number one costliest U.S. catastrophe in tornadoes happened in August 8th through the 12th in 2020, that, that area there, okay? That was what included also um, areas of Iowa, Illinois, uh, Indiana, Kansas, Missouri, Minnesota, uh, Missouri, let's see, uh, well, I got it was Ohio, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Yep, they were all were involved in these, these storms that brewed up. So, it doesn't make a difference what part of the country and you can be affected by this and it, it, it you don't have to specifically be in the south or in the in the, in the midwest it can happen anywhere so i mean it actually happens in new york california they blow up all cody kane just had tornado warnings in his area with clear skies not 30 days ago and he told me in the mountains he never has ever heard of a tornado warning but he had it so it's it can be quite deadly, Jester, very deadly, but you just have to take certain risks and, and, and try to mitigate your risk by having certain precautions. If you can have a storm shelter or a good sturdy area that you know, uh, like a storm shelter, like a, like a, a, a safe room, You've, you've definitely got ahead of the game. But there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, you can go inside a basement or inside a room that doesn't have windows on the lowest floor, 
like a bathroom, a closet, a, a center hallway. If possible, avoid sheltering in any room with windows. And for added protection, get under something sturdy, like a heavy table or a workbench. And this is to keep things from crashing down upon you. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to mitigate all the damages, but you're giving yourself a, a leg up. Um, a lot of people in areas that don't have a lot of tornadoes, they don't they don't buy shelters. Let's just face it. It's sort of like buying a, a, a life jacket in the middle of the desert. A lot of people don't have them, but there are still floods that happen there, just like there's tornadoes every place. So if you have the ability to go have a safe room or have a shelter, invest in one because the one time that you don't have one might be the one time that saves your life, you know, if you do have it. You know, so Al, one thing I did really, really want to get into, and it wasn't something I even thought about till I did my research uh, on some things, but there's very little talk out there about what to do if you're in an apartment complex and there's a tornado, if you're in a high-rise building, if there's a tornado, or if you're like in a hotel and you're on vacation and one hits. What do you do when you're within these structures? And I think that that's something a lot of people don't think about. They're going on vacation. Um, you know, they feel secure within their apartment. They're just not prepared for it, right? Right. So let's get in. Let's get into the basics of this really quick. Um, okay. Because I definitely want to run through this because I feel this is very, very important. So if you're in one of these higher structures, apartment building, hotel, high-rise building, you need to get to the lowest level that you can. That's number one. And you want to do that by first off taking the staircase. You do not want to take the elevators right? You don't want to do it. That's the last thing you want to do. Take the staircases. Um, these are typically going to be windowless rooms. No. All right. Where the, where the staircases De are. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead. No, I was just saying, definitely do not take the elevator. Definitely do not, do not take the elevator for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Don't take the elevator. Take the staircases. Uh, they should typically be windowless rooms where the staircases are, so the risk of broken glass is gonna it's gonna be reduced. Get to the lowest level you can in these buildings. Get down to the first floor. If there's something subterranean, get subterranean. Get down as low as you can. Once you're in these lower realms of these buildings, get to a center part of the building, right? Get in get into a room where there's no windows uh if you can get somewhere possibly under something strong like into a closet underneath a staircase something like that that's where you want to go and then when you're there do the obvious thing we were all trained to do when we were in school you know get low cover your head get low cover your head that's that's what you're going to want to do in these scenarios and i understand if you live in an apartment complex if you guys listen to the apartment survival episode you might be trying to help other people get out all right and again, the same thing applies with apartment survival. Do what you can to help others. But if there's nothing you can do, there's just simply nothing you can do. And something to think about, especially if this hits at night, one of the first things that happens when you have a tornado is you have a power outage. So these buildings are going to get dark very quick. I know it sounds kind of goofy, you know, to take a flashlight with you on vacation. But remember, a lot of our phones have flashlights now. You can kick one on. A lot of these exits and staircases have emergency lighting. So these are the places you're going to want to go. But as soon as you get outside of where that emergency lighting is, you're not going to be able to see anything. Okay, so just bear, bear that in mind. You, you really need to take a flashlight with you every place you go because you just never know when you're going to be left in a dark. And the worst thing is to be in a dark place in some place you don't know. Uh, 
But a lot of places you go on vacations and trips to, the simple question to ask, what do you do? Do you have a safe room or do you have a safe area? And most places do, but you just need to ask because most of them don't advertise it. But certainly when you go someplace that's uh, that's you know unknown to you, try to find out where the safe room is, where the safe shelter is, because they've generally got one if they're in a tornado area. Um, most municipal areas also now, even the tiniest communities here in Arkansas, have what they call community safe shelters. Jackson Port, a little community, tiny little community, about 300 people that I lived in, they had one because they suffered a tornado about 25 years ago and it devastated the town. So the town built a safe room big enough for everybody in town to get into. So you just need to ask. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask for sure. Oh no, I, I 100% agree with you. And something something I catch a lot of crap for bringing up the people as always bring up the people have emergency radios, right? The little hand crank deals, things like that. And everybody's like, well, what's it going to matter in a doomsday situation? Well, we prep for everything and tornado prepping is one of them. Having these little crank up radios, if, if power's out, if the grid's down, the radio station, a couple towns over might still have power. They might have backup generators and they might still be transmitting what's going on you're going to need these emergency updates so being able to get onto the the weather radio which i'm pretty sure all these weather radio stations have backup generators they're designed to still transmit while bad stuff is happening okay so having one of these little radios just to simply keep up with okay the storms have passed it's over we can come out now there's nothing going on don't underestimate having one of these radios especially if you live in an area that's prone to tornadoes don't don't underestimate that. Right. And and a lot of people don't understand when they're listening to these broadcasts what specific things mean. Like a tornado warning is issued when a tornado funnel is sighted or indicated by weather radar. And that means you should seek shelter immediately. A tornado warning is issued when severe weather is happening. So you kind of need to know what they're talking about. But if you hear a tornado is in your general area, even if it's not coming your direction, understand these things change course very quickly. They're affected by lots of things. We live on a river or very close to a river. Rivers and large bodies of water have the effect of being able to shift the direction of these tornadoes very easily. You'll watch them. They'll go and they'll go in a straight line across open ground. But when they hit a river or a tributary, they'll shift directions. So if you know one's in your area, just go to the safe place and wait. Once it's passed or it's gone past your area, then it's safe to come out. But if it's in your general area, just go on or at least get close to the area that you're going to be safe in like a shelter. Don't wait to the last second and then run down there or try to make it because a lot of people, that's how they end up getting hurt or dying is they wait too late you know, well the shelter is only a quarter mile away well the tornado is two miles away you cannot run outrun a tornado so don't even try these things are moving very quickly most of them move anywhere from 30 to 100 miles an hour don't try to outrun them no and i know you know i've seen a lot of people during tornadoes like pulled over on the side of the highway underneath overpasses and stuff like that because they're you know they don't want to keep going you know and i yeah you're not going to outrun 
outrun one of these things. This thing is not on a set, set path. It's going to go where it wants to go, and it's going to get there very quickly. And it's not worried about stoplights or roadways or tra trails or travel. And it's not so much uh, the damage isn't so much caused by the tornado itself as much as it is the debris you have flying through the air. So you might think you're in the clear trying to outrun this, and then and then it starts sending debris through your car and, and breaks out the windows and all these things. It, I mean, these this is very, very dangerous. This is nothing to play around with. Very dangerous. And I actually have a little story. A friend of mine told me that when he went to South Florida for a major hurricane, he went for Andrew, but anyway, he ended up taking his canine and him, and they were down there doing security and things like that when the storm came through. And he believes that during the tornado, so during the, the hurricane, there was actually tornadic activity along with it. He said it actually took his patrol car and pushed it up an incline underneath the bridge. So the overpass, well, I guess bridge, not overpass. But if it's powerful enough to do that, you know, it's been heard now that tornadoes can actually move objects as heavy as 30,000 pounds. They've confirmed a few years ago that something that weighed tested 30,000 pounds was thrown by a, her, uh, by a tornado. So it can easily get you. If it can get something that's 15 tons worth of weight, it can definitely move you, your house, or anything else that you have with you. Oh, absolutely. And I remember hearing a story when I was a kid, I don't know if it was true or not, that there was a train that got railed by a tornado. A train got derailed by a tornado. Yes. And think about how heavy a train is. Yep. I mean, that's, it happens. <laughs> that's a lot of weight, man. <laughs> yep. I actually saw a TikTok uh, video just a couple months ago that was a man that was on a train. He was an engineer on a train. There was a tornado coming. They were filming the tornado, and he actually made a two or three part TikTok that was him and his partner in a train when <laughs> the tornado went over. And his, his story was, they say it sounds like a freight train. If you're in a freight train, what does it sound like? It was ugly, quite ugly, and it, it did a lot of damage. It did not topple them over or anything like that but it definitely went over where they were at so yeah not even in a train are you going to be safe that's a fact yeah this is this is one of those things where you know when mother nature shows her wrath it's something you don't want to mess with okay no. um and like i said i've never i've never had to go through one of these things but there there is a survival aspect of this and i i really do also al want to get into what do you what do you prep for for the tornado and then i'd like to get into what do you do after the storm well the first thing you need to do is find a safe spot that's the very first thing you stay on top of the weather in your area get to a safe spot once you've ridden out the tornado whether it has da caused damage or not to your general area that you're at the home or wherever your shelter when you're coming out of the shelter or coming out of wherever you're at, be very careful because understand, even though you might be still alive and maybe your house is partially still there or it's damaged, there can be power lines laying around, trees, debris could be precariously dangerously hanging from trees or the house or anything else. So be very cautious of everything around you. I mean, one of the famous things about tornadoes is is that tornado come through and more people get hurt from falling debris and 
live electrical lines than they actually do from the tornado itself. So be very, very cognizant of everything around you after a tornado comes through. But to prepare for it, you need to prepare like you would any kind of power outage or anything else. Understand that your home might be damaged. You might not be able to go back home again. So if you know that there's imminent threat of a tornado coming out over you, try to get your go bag with you. Try to keep that with you. Whatever your inch bag, whatever you have that you that you say, okay, this is my bag. I have everything in. Get that with you because you might need to leave and you might not be coming back for a while. It may not be safe for you to come back, number one. Number two, they might not let you come back. But Because a lot of people, when these situations hit their area, the police and first responders don't want you going back to that area because they understand that it's very dangerous for people. So get your regular... You, everybody has a go bag that I know. Every, all good preppers have a go bag. Get that. Get that and keep it with you. That way you maybe have a change of clothing. Maybe you have a little something to eat. Maybe you have a few you uh, hygiene items maybe you have the important paperwork that you that you would need because when these things go through everything gets blown away everything gets wet everything i mean people's roofs are and half of a house is blown away you're not going to know where your license is you're not going where your birth certificate is you're going to need all these things because whatever you're missing you're going to have to recuperate so get your important papers together and things like that and have your your go bag if i'm going to the shelter, I'm taking my go bag. I've got one. All I gotta do is grab it on the way out the house. Now, maybe it's not as complete as other people's, but I've got all the important stuff with me when I go. My wife always says, Oh, he's not going till he till he takes his second amendment tool and his go bag. Because it's a fact. I'm not leaving without him. But uh th that's just my that's my tips. That's not off anybody else's page. I'm just telling you what I do. No, and, and that makes sense. And guys, something I I would like to put in the that you should have within these go bags just a couple things number one is going to be f some food ration bars you don't know how long you're going to be hunkered down for you don't know if you just had dinner or if you ate three hours ago you might be stuck there for a few hours the kids might get hungry have a couple meal ration bars have some uh, granola bars things like that right not necessarily long-term food but something to snack on while you're stuck there okay the other thing is obviously going to be water now when i talk about water there's two sides to this there's the side of Municipal water services may be shut down and you might need drinking water for a few days after the storm. Plus, you're going to need to have something to drink while you're hunkered down. All right. Uh, me and Al mentioned in the beginning of this, having a flashlight, obviously do that. Have a weather radio, obviously do that. Do keep on you a small first aid kit in that bag. You don't know if you're going to get scraped up, cut while you're trying to run this, that, the other. You can incur injury trying to get somewhere quick to get away from danger. So that's, that's a very big thing. Have your first aid kit. Also, being hunkered down in these areas, the kids are going to get bored. You're going to get bored. Bring something to occupy yourself. You might be in there for an hour or you might be there for a while. So it's not going to hurt to have, you know, something to keep the kids occupied, right? Bring some glow sticks for them to play with while you guys are hunkered down. Maybe bring a book to read to the kids. Something, okay? Um, after the storm, this is something to take into consideration. Depending on power outage, uh, your food in your fridge could m more than likely be bad. You might not be able to get out right away to go to the grocery store, do things like this. Having a good, have a, having a bunch of canned goods on the shelf to be able to still feed the feed the family after the event is going to be a very good thing to do. Okay, same thing goes back to the water. You might not have clean drinking water for a little while, so having that water is a big deal. And you know, we talk about no electric. Having a solar generator, having some backup power source is going to be good. 
Something I really, really want to stress to you guys, if a tornado has just come through and it's hit your house and there has been damage done to it, unless you're a licensed contractor, unless you're an engineer, unless you're one of these guys that it, that's been doing this for years, the average person is not going to know whether that building structurally sound or not. Okay. You're not going to know if it's safe to go in there or not. So you're going to want to avoid reoccupying these structures that have been damaged. You don't want to live through the hurricane and then get killed because the house collapses. All right. Absolutely right. I mean, understand that these storms can move. I've literally seen houses moved six, eight, 12 inches off their foundations. Houses that weren't even damaged hardly by the winds. I mean, just the straight line winds can move a house. That's a major, major no-no right there. So, certainly don't try to fix any of this yourself i always say carry insurance if you don't care for anything else carry insurance for your home because you just never know when these things are going to happen and don't try to fix it yourself get a professional and and in your go bag you should keep the numbers you could do this now because it's not a tornado imminent on you right now so get the numbers of, of the areas that you need to call maybe your emergency 12 emergency backup numbers that you need to have maybe your insurance agent maybe you need to have that number in there with your with your card your insurance card and how your you know so you can make a claim those kind of things like that family photos that you can't replace maybe have a copy of those or have them easily accessible so you can have and your papers marriage certificate birth certificates things like that maybe you just keep copies of the place but keep the originals to take with you so just you have to prep and plan ahead of time you've got plenty of time the tornado is not bearing down on you right now these are the type of situations that we can prep and plan for ahead of time but when they get here it's too late i mean when that warning goes off here in arkansas people's butts start puckering and they start going crazy and there's two kinds of people there's the kind that don't worry they like me. They're just calm and cool about it. I don't get upset about it. Doesn't I mean? I just I can't I can't stop it on my own. And then they're the kind that go absolutely crazy because of storms, and they're the ones that scare me the most because they're liable to get killed on the way to the storm shelter. They just they 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 get one sided. Don't get like that. Just be calm and be deliberate about your actions. Don't don't run over and kill somebody on the way to this shelter to save your life. So that's, that's just my advice. I've seen a lot of people do it. They come running up to the shelter, hundred mile an hour slide across the grass and go, Ooh, I'm safe. I say, yeah, you just almost killed everybody else though. I mean, it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. And guys, you know, the other thing is do try to prepare for the mental side of this as well. In times of chaos, it's really hard to think clearly. It's hard to function. If you are in one of these areas, you should start doing drills with your family now. Where's the stuff we need to grab? How quickly can we get out of the house? What area of the house are we going to? Is the storm shelter outside? Do we plan on going to basement? Start doing drills, all right? When things are chaotic, those drills are going to kick in and they're going to be muscle memory. And it does not hurt at all to have the stuff in your shelter or where you plan on sheltering that you're going to need. Right. You know, have a couple right. pillows down there, some blankets down there so the kids can go back to sleep. Um, having a case of water already there, like have some of the stuff already there in the place you plan to go. The, one of the biggest things about disasters and like when we talk about all the prepper stuff is you know, a lot of these things we talk about are so you can be comfortable. Right. And so you can remain safe. You don't want to have to leave the storm shelter because the kids are crying that they're thirsty and there's nothing to give them. 
that can right. easily be avoided by having some water there. Same thing with having some meal bars, stuff like that, right? Um, kids are going to be terrified as it is. So doing anything you can to lighten, you know, that fear a little bit is going to make all the difference in my opinion. Jester, I have literally spent hours and hours in shelters before and everything that you're saying is exactly right. And we practice here because we have so many storms and I have a family member that is extremely scared of storms so we practice and practice and practice because i hope that when something really happens they won't be like that so we go through this all the time whether a storm's 20 miles away or two miles away we still practice 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 but everything we're saying about find something to keep keep something to eat something to snack on water keep something to do while you understand you're not going to have cell service most of the time but a tornado is coming through cell service goes out the television stations go out the satellites go out because they don't work because well there's interruption you're not going to be able to keep up with things so weather radio snacks uh coloring books uh etch-a-sketch whatever checkers chess Something low-tech that doesn't require any power and all that other jazz to keep kids busy and keep yourself busy. Because if you're going to sit there two or three hours, and sometimes these storms take two or three hours to pass over, after five or ten minutes, you're bored. When can we go? I hear that a thousand times when you're in Where can we go? We're going to go whenever we're not going to die. Okay, so sit down and relax. So do these things ahead of time. Get these things prepped and planned and, and, and have, a, have a, if no one else in your family or in your circle has things together, you be the one to have it together. You be the one that thinks. People always say that about me. They say, well, you've always got everything. You think all that stuff. No, I don't, but I just see what y'all are going to need. So I go ahead and get it because I don't want you to go crazy when the time gets there. Do these things ahead of time. I can't implore you to do that if you're in a tornado area. And if there's not been a tornado in your area in the last 20 years, does not mean there can't be one tomorrow. I hear people say all the time, we don't have them here. Okay, you don't have one until you actually have one. Then you've got them. There you go. So be prepared. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. So, you know, in <laughs> the things that you negate, the things that you are saying, now nah, I don't need to do that, or the things that always go wrong, it's not tornado-related, but it's hurricane-related. When I uh, lived down in Florida, we got hit with Irma, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I boarded up every window in the house except for one that was really close to the neighbor's house. And I was like, I don't need to board that window up. It's too close to the neighbor's house. Nothing's going to fly in between there. So it was about, I don't know, two, three in the morning, somewhere around that, around that time. We just hear this big crash and we just hear glass shattering. And we're like, what the hell is that? The one window we didn't board up in the house, the neighbor's satellite dish uh, got ripped off his house in the wind and came through that window. The one oh, yeah. window we didn't board up was the one that got broken. You know what I mean? Like it was the only one that would have suffered any damage. So, you know, just be very cautious. And when, when I was talking about, you know, the, the boredom side of this, guys, this doesn't have to be extreme. This could be as simple as having a few games downloaded on your smartphone for the kids and having a backup battery bank for that phone and just handing it to them and say, here, keep yourself occupied. 
it's right. that simple. It doesn't it doesn't have to be anything major. I'm not saying you need to have a PlayStation down in the storm shelter, but you know there are little things you can do um, to help with this. You know, simply having a coloring book with some crayons, like little cheap, easy things you can do to help with the kids. Because us as adults, we can level with the fear. We can level with the danger. We can level with it and say, okay, well, we're just stuck here till things, you know, yeah, I'm bored, but it's better than dying. But kids typically don't see the immediate threat with things or fully comprehend what's going on. Some kids do, not all kids, but that's why I, you know, I keep preaching the kid thing because I feel like as a parent, that would be my primary concern. Yeah. And let me tell you something, Jester, when it has just ironically this week, we had this this uh, topic that we decided to do. We were checking and buying a storm shelter here for this piece of property right here because we have like two within a quarter mile of us. So we checked into buying one for ourselves. You're never going to guess how much they've gone up in price in the last year and exactly the price range of a six and a half by 16 foot which is the biggest one this company sells how much it is oh, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna just throw a number out there and say it's got to be about 30. uh believe it or not we get an arkansas discount here it's about 15 or 16 thousand but oh, now wow. we're not talking about concrete we're talking about fiberglass we're not talking oh, about a concrete check. yes fiberglass wow. in the ground yes that's actually 40 percent higher than it was last year same time Wow, that's wild for fiberglass. I was expecting fiberglass. it to be steel. That's no sir, no sir, fiberglass. Uh, <laughs> if you want steel, you're looking at thirty to forty grand, and and possibly as far out as six months to a year. Where they're getting now with the fiberglass, you can get them and you can have it installed. I could probably have one installed in thirty days with fiberglass. Gotcha. So I mean, Al, that's I mean, I think I've contributed just about everything I have to contribute to the tornado side of this. Uh, hey. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give just a minute of what I know to do. Okay. Okay. Let's hear and it. I, and don't wait for the storm to get there to start planning. Act as if you have some. Um, you have a storm imminent on you right now. Just act as if that. Go get everything that you think you're going to need. The the tips that we've given you, and then think of other things that you might need. Build yourself a bag or a pack get it in the storm area that you're going to if you possibly can if you have a room or have a specific like a basement or a storm shelter get those things in there now if you don't and you have to travel to a shelter get that bag either by the door or in your vehicle then practice how you're going to get to the storm shelter or where you're going don't wait to the last second to go okay which room is the best room which one's got the load bearing wall okay which one's the room without any windows in it don't wait until then do this now that's the reason why we're having this show because it's the beginning of that season folks these storms can go wherever we had one start here in arkansas just a little southwest of where i live at now and it went all the way through three almost four states last year and killed a bunch of people so it can start in arkansas and it could end up in indiana by the end of the night so be cognizant of that don't wait until we have storm seasons in full swing and there's a one brewing up 200 miles away for you to start doing these things you have plenty of time right now to think and get this done so 
if you're the person that's a prepper, the planner, you're probably the person that's listening to this podcast. If you're the one in your family or in your circle that does that, get these things together and do people on a dry run. You don't have to necessarily tell them what they're doing. You can just say, hey, let's all go this. Let's go check out this storm shelter. Okay, what would we need? You can get people ready without going through a drill because a lot of people don't like to do a drill. They just go, oh, I don't want to do all that. Okay, well, let's just go see where the storm shelter is. Well, let's, let's go. Well, okay, what do we need to take? And walk them through like that the first time. Then when the actual bad situation comes, they'll already know because you've kind of walked them through it a little bit. But your time that you're spending right now prepping, planning, and learning can be the difference in whether or not you and your family make it out of a storm. And then if they have bad habits, like, okay, the storm's over, I can get out and go watch you know, TV or do whatever. No, hold on a minute. You need to be careful because up down power lines or just that. School them. Tell them. Don't let them walk out there walking that live power line. You know better now. You've heard this. You know better. So don't let that happen. That's, that's just a few tips I have. But find your safe places now. Get your safe gear together now. Don't wait till the last second. Oh, I, Al, I 100% agree with that. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, we did uh, tornado drills in school, I think like every like month or two. And we weren't even in a, an area that was really prone to get tornadoes. I think the whole time I lived there, uh, we had, I think we had one actual situation that was serious and we actually had to take it like serious, like we, the, we did the drill for real that time. And then there was another time um, where we had a, a, a tornado rip through the, the northern Appalachian Mountains, which was an area that never got hit with tornadoes before. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, de definitely be aware of these. Um, before we get out of here, there is something I do want to address. I saw a, uh, a review from somebody on uh, Apple Podcast, um, and they, they said the show's great, love the show. I wish you guys could do something about the audio, though, because sometimes it's a little rough. This, that, it's like sometimes hard to hear out back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to that listener out there, we appreciate you listening. I got to tell you, me and Al do these shows remote. We are not in the same room. Um, so the Internet plays a big factor in our audio quality. Sometimes things are purely just out of our control, right? Oh, yeah. Um, we wish we had better audio at times. Yeah, we definitely do. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are not together in a studio doing this with mixers, with leveling, with, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. If the Internet's being goofy, the Internet's being goofy. Me and Al are miles and hundreds of miles apart doing the show together. <laughs> so I, I, it just it's one of those situations, guys. It just is what it is. Maybe one day it'll get better. But for now, it's going to kind of remain this way. <laughs> but but we appreciate we appreciate the fact that you listen and we appreciate the fact that you would like it to even be better we would too maybe one day we'll be in a big cushy studio someplace with our feet kicked up doing this but until then we have to do it for the long distance but it's all right i can understand i listen to podcasts to the people that are talking from long distances and this is not one of those highly polished produced shows but just take it for what it is the the, the the most honest sincere content that has to do with the situation that we could possibly give you and the trade-off is maybe we're not as polished or maybe the sound isn't quite as good but we are sincere about what we tell you we mean the best for you absolutely i couldn't agree with that more and guys uh one more thing i'd like to reference uh so you guys are hearing this monday morning uh we go live tonight on Monday, Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Podbean. If you guys want to catch the live show after listening to this one today, 
Al is also doing a pretty much a daily show right now, Al, live on Podbean. Yeah, yeah, we're we're probably going to go to more like a Tuesday, Wednesday type of format because of other shows that are the evening time on Podbean. We don't want to step on toes of other creators that are out there. And Tuesday and Wednesday nights are kind of open, so we just kind of do a news show, just a little non-mainstream media news show. But we're, we we don't want to step on anybody's toes. There's there's a lot of good creators out there, and we encourage you to go listen to them. But we're probably going to go to Tuesday Wednesdays, but we definitely do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings. Uh, usually a topic based show. Gotcha. And for those of you guys that are trying to find that on Podbean, it is called the Big Daddy Owls Podcast on Podbean. Yes, sir. Um, so just look for him in the live room. And again, look for me in the live room. It's Doomsday Podcast. If you guys want to email into the show to to a uh, be a guest or uh, topic suggestion, something like that. The email is it's doomsday podcast at gmail.com. You can find Al on TikTok at big underscore daddy underscore prep on Clapper with the same name as well. You could find me on uh, TikTok at it's doomsday podcast 2.0. And you could find me on Clapper at it's doomsday podcast. Even though I don't do much over there, I'm live over there every uh, Monday evening as well, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Al, you got anything else you want to add before we're out of here? We just want everybody to be as safe and be as prepared as could be. So listen, and, and, and maybe we can learn something and drop those cards and letters because we love hearing from you. Suggestions and whatever. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. With that being said, guys, we are out of there. I hope you have a great rest of your day wherever you're listening from. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.